Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bedtime is supposed to be a welcomed event for a tired child. But for me, it was terrifying. While some children might complain about being put to bed before they have finished watching that movie or completing that level on their favourite video game, for me it was different. Nighttime was something that I truly feared. I think somewhere in the back of my mind it still is. It's what comes alive in the darkness once everyone is asleep and you are at your most vulnerable that would otherwise not seem possible. It becomes a reality beyond your nightmares. I'm an educated person and I obviously can't prove what happened to me was actually real. But what I do know of what I experienced was genuine horror. The kind of fear that I can happily say that has never been equalled. I have never shared my experiences with anyone and honestly, I think it would help me reason with what happened just getting it off my chest. I can't remember exactly when all of this started but I think my apprehension towards falling asleep corresponded with me moving into a room of my own. I was about eight years old at the time, and until then I'd shared a room, quite happily, mind you, with my old sister. But what is perfectly understandable to me now, even though I was angry at her at the time, but sharing a room with your eight-year-old sister when you're 13 can't be great. So as a result, I was given the room at the back of the house. It was a small, narrow, oddly shaped room, more long than wide. It was barely big enough for my bed and a small set of drawers. I wasn't one to complain though. I honestly had the best family and a childhood that most people dream of. A small bedroom that I wouldn't even spend all that much time in, Even at eight, I get that I had no reason to complain. I did have one window that looked over our beautiful green backyard. It was nothing worthy to write in my journal about, even on the sunniest of days, but the sun seemed hesitant to light up my bedroom. My sister was bought a new bed, so I got to keep the old bunk beds that we used to share. Again, while I said I was sad that I no longer had a roommate... I tried to look at the positives. The top bunk was now mine, which seemed so much more like a win for me. From that very first night, I remember a strange, uneasy feeling taking over my body. I lay on the top bunk, staring down at my dolls and Lego left lying across the grey carpet. As I imagined the adventures and discoveries that could take place in my sleep... Something drew my eyes towards the bottom bunk. 
It was as if something was moving in the corner of my eye. Something that really didn't want to be seen. Of course the bunk was empty. Perfectly made by my mother with a dusty pink blanket tucked in neatly. On top sat two blending comparison white pillows. I was a kid and really didn't think much more of it at the time. The noises of my parents watching the TV slipped under my door, filling me with a sense of safety and comfort. I eventually fell asleep. When you are awoken by the sound of something moving or stirring, it can take you a few moments to truly understand what is going on. The fogginess of sleep impairs your eyes and ears for a moment in time. This time, though, I knew something was definitely moving. At first I wasn't sure what it was. Everything was dark, almost pitch black, but there was enough light creeping in from outside that narrow, claustrophobic room. Two thoughts immediately entered my mind. The first was that Mum and Dad were obviously in bed because the house was in complete silence. The second thought was that noise. What was that noise that obviously woke me from my sleep? As my mind let go of the last cobwebs of sleep, the noise became more familiar to me. It's funny how the most innocent sounds can take on a sinister form in the darkness of the night. A cold wind whistling through a tree. A neighbour's footsteps that seem closer than what they actually are. Or in my case, bed sheets rustling as someone moved. Because that was exactly what it was. Bed sheets moving as if some restless sleeper was trying to get comfortable in the bottom bunk. I lay there, slightly panicked trying to convince myself that it was either my imagination or my cat finding somewhere comfortable to spend the night. But it can't be the cat. My bedroom door was still shut, as it had been when I fell asleep. Maybe Mum came in to check on me and the cat managed to sneak in past her. That definitely what was what happened. I turned and faced the wall, desperately trying to get back to sleep. As I turned over, the rustling from the bottom bunk stopped. Maybe I had disturbed the cat, but as I would quickly realise, the visitor in the bottom bunk was less mundane and far more sinister. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. As if alerted to or disgusted by my presence, the disturbed sleeper began to toss and turn violently. It was like a child having a tantrum in their bed. I could hear the sheets twist and turn with increasing fever. Fear gripped me, and not like that slight unease I experienced earlier. This was far more potent and far more terrifying. My heart raced and I felt uncontrollable panic. I started to cry. As most young kids do, I cried out for my mother. I could hear a stir coming from the other side of the house. But as soon as I felt the relief of being saved, the bunk bed suddenly started to shake violently. It was as if it was being gripped by an earthquake, scraping against the wall. I could hear the sheets below thrashing about. I could not jump down to the safety of the ground below because what if that thing I feared most would reach out and grab me, pulling me into its darkness? So I stayed where I was, white knuckles clenching my own blanket, begging for protection. The wait seemed like an eternity. Thankfully, the door bust open and the light filled the room. The bottom bunk, which had only moments earlier been the resting place of my unwanted visitor, it lay empty and peaceful. I cried while my mother consoled me. Tears of fear followed by tears of relief streamed down my face. Yet, despite the conflicting feelings of horror and relief, I never told her why I was so upset. I couldn't explain it. What if speaking about what happened out loud would give it permission to then return? I didn't even know if that even made sense, but to a child I felt like this, whatever it was, was close by, listening and waiting. My mother agreed to lay in the empty bunk and to stay there until morning. It didn't take long for my anxiety to diminish, for tiredness to take hold and push me back into sleep. But it wasn't a restless sleep. I continued to wake several times to the sound of rustling bedsheets. I remember the next day I wanted to be somewhere, anywhere but that narrow, suffocating room. It was a weekend, so I went outside and played in the backyard with my friends. As fun as this all was, occasionally my eye would turn towards that small window, one that looked ordinary and slight, but for me it held strange, cold dread. The feeling of something in that room watching me play, waiting for night to fall when I would be alone, filled with hatred. 
It may sound strange to you, but by the time my parents ushered me back into the room for the night, I said nothing, I didn't complain and I didn't protest. I didn't even try and make up an excuse why I couldn't sleep in there. I simply walked slowly to my room, climbed up into the top bunk. It's funny how certain words can remain hidden from your mind, no matter how blatant or obvious they are. One word that came to me that second night, afraid and lying in the darkness. It came to me as I heard the first casual twist of the bedsheets below, the first anxious increase of my heartbeat at the realisation that something again was on the bottom bunk. A word which I had held back from allowing in my consciousness. Ghost. It was when this thought came to me, I noticed that my unwelcome visitor had stopped moving. The sheets were calm and still. But what they had been replaced with was something far more heinous. A slow, rhythmic, rasping breath heaved and escaped from whatever was below. I could picture its chest rising and falling with each sorrowed, wheezing and garbled breath. I shuddered and hoped beyond all hope that it would leave without incident. The house lay as it did the night before in a thick blanket of silence. All but for the perverted breath of my yet-unseen roommate, that is. I lay there terrified. I just wanted this thing to go, to leave me alone. What did it want? Then something unmistakably chilling happened. It moved. It moved in a way that was different from before. When it threw itself around the bottom bunk, it seemed unrestrained and without purpose, almost animalistic. However, this movement was driven by awareness, with purpose. It had a goal in mind. I lay there, my eyes again filling with tears, a fear that no words could explain. I could not believe that the fear I had previously experienced the night before could have been heightened, but... I was so wrong. I imagined what this thing would look like, sitting there listening to me from the mattress below, hoping to catch the smallest hint that I was awake. This was when my imagination became an unnerving reality. It began to touch the wooden slats that my mattress sat on. It seemed to caress them carefully running what I imagined to be fingers and hands across the surface of the wood. Then, with great force, it prodded angrily between the two slats into the mattress itself. Even through the padding, I can feel the fingers sticking into my side. I couldn't restrain myself any longer, and I let out an almighty cry. And the wheezing and the shaking and the moving thing in the bottom bunk replied in kind by violently vibrating the bunk as it done the night before. Small flakes of paint powdered into my blanket from the wall as the frame of the bed scraped along it, backwards and forwards. Once again I was bathed in light. There stood my mother, loving, caring as she always was. She came to me with a comforting hug and calming words that eventually subdued my hysteria. 
Of course she asked me what was wrong, but I could not say. I dare not say. I just said the same word over and over. Nightmare. This pattern of events would continue for weeks, if not months. Night after night after night, I would be awoken to the sound of rustling sheets. Each time I would scream so to not allow this abomination to prod me. With each cry, the bed would shake violently, stopping only when my mother arrived, and then she would spend the rest of the night in the bottom bunk, unaware what had been there only moments before. Along the way, I managed to feign illnesses a few times or come up with some less than truthful reason to sleep in my parents' bed. But more often than not, I would be alone for the first few hours of each night in that place. The room where the light from the outside would not sit right. I would be alone with that... that thing. With time, you can be desensitised to almost anything, no matter how horrific... I had come to realise that, for whatever reason, this thing could not hurt me when my mother was there. After a few months, I had grown accustomed to my nightly visitor. But don't mistake that for comfort. I hated that thing. I still feared it greatly because I could almost sense what plans it had for me. I could feel its perverted and twisted hatred for me. My greatest fears were realised in the winter. The days grew shorter and the nights longer provided more opportunity for this thing. It was also a difficult time for my family. My grandmother, who was my most favourite person in the world, she had deteriorated greatly since the death of my grandfather. Soon she recognised none of us and it became clear she would need to be moved from her home into a nursing home. Before she could be moved, my grandmother had a particularly difficult few nights and my mother decided that she would stay with her. As much as I adored my grandmother and felt nothing but anguish watching her slowly sip away. To this day I feel so much guilt that my first thoughts were not for her but what my nightly visitor would take advantage of in my mother's absence. Her presence was the only thing that would protect me from the full horror of this thing's reach. I rushed home from school that day and immediately wrenched the bed sheets and mattress off the bottom bunk. I removed all the slats. And instead I placed whatever furniture I could find. An old desk, a chest of drawers and some chairs where the bottom bunk used to be. I told my father I was making an office, which he found adorable. But I would be damned if I give this thing a place to sleep for one more night. As darkness approached, I lay there knowing my mother was not in the house. I didn't know what to do. Although fearful and anxious, sleep eventually came, and as I drifted off to sleep, I hoped that I would awake in the morning without incidents. Unfortunately, this night would be the most terrifying of all. I woke gradually. The room was once again dark. As my eyes adjusted, I could gradually make out the window and the door, the walls and some toys on my shelf. Even to this day, I shudder to think about it, but 
There was no noise. No rustling of sheets, no movement at all. The room felt lifeless. Lifeless, but not empty. The nightly visitor. That unwelcomed, wheezing, hate-filled thing which had terrorised me night after night was not in the bottom bunk. It was in my bed. I opened my mouth to scream, but nothing came out. I could do nothing but lay there motionless. I knew I couldn't scream. I couldn't let that thing know that I was awake. I hadn't seen it yet. I could only feel it. It was hidden under my blanket, so I could only see its outline. The weight of it pressed down on me, a sensation that I will never forget. When I say the hours passed, I'm not exaggerating here. Laying there motionless, in the dark, I was every bit a scared little girl. If it had been the summer, it would have been light by this point, but it wasn't, and I knew that it would still be hours before sunrise, a sunrise that I was so desperate to see. I was a shy and timid child by nature, but I had reached my breaking point. There was a moment where I could not wait anymore, where I could not survive this situation any longer. Fear can sometimes wear you out. I knew I had to get out of that bed now. I knew that I would die if I stayed there. I had to leave that room behind, but how? Should I leap from the bed and hope that I make it to the door? But what if it was faster than me? Or should I slowly try to slip out of the top bunk, hoping not to disturb whatever that thing was? What if it was asleep? It hadn't so much as breathed since I woke up. Perhaps it was asleep, believing that it finally had me. Or maybe it was playing with me. After all, that's exactly what it had done night after night. And now maybe with me trapped, without my mother around to protect me, maybe it was holding off, savouring its victory until the last possible moment, like a wild animal savouring its prey. I tried to breathe as shallowly as possible, mustering every ounce of courage that I had. I reached over slowly with my right hand and began to peel the blanket off. What I found underneath almost stopped my heart. I didn't see it, but as my hand moved the blanket, it brushed against something. Something smooth and cold. I held my breath in terror as I was sure it must have known that I was awake. But nothing. It did not stir. It felt dead. After a few moments, I placed my hands carefully further down the blanket and felt a thin, poorly formed forearm. A twisted sense of curiosity grew as I moved down further to the disproportionately large bicep muscle. The arm was outstretched, lying across my chest, with the hand resting on my left shoulder as if it grabbed me in my sleep. For some reason, the feeling of torn, ragged clothing on the shoulder of this thing stopped me in my tracks. 
fear once again swelled in my stomach and in my chest as I recalled my hand in disgust at the touch of straggled, oily hair. I could not bring myself to touch its face, although I do wonder to this day what it would have felt like. Dear God, it just moved. It moved. It was subtle, but its grip on my shoulder and across my body strengthened. No tears came, but God, how I wanted to cry. As its hand and arm slowly coiled around me, I realised that this clutching, rancid thing was not entirely on top of me. It was sticking out from the wall, like a spider striking from its lair. Suddenly its grip moved from a slow tightening to a sudden squeeze. It pulled and clawed at my clothes as if frightened that the opportunity would soon pass. I fought against it, but its emaciated arm was too strong for me. Its head rose up, withering and contorting under the blanket. I now realised where it was taking me. It was taking me into the wall. I fought for dear life. I cried and suddenly my voice returned to me. I yelled and screamed, but no one came. Then I realised why it was now that this thing was so eager to strike. Why this thing had to have me now. Through my window was hope. The first rays of sunshine. I struggled further, knowing that if I could just hold on, it would soon be gone. As I fought for my life, this parasite shifted. It slowly pulled itself up from my chest, with its head now poking out from underneath the blanket. It was wheezing, coughing and rasping. I don't remember its features. All I remember is its breath against my face. It was foul and as cold as ice. As the sun broke out over the horizon, the dark place, that suffocating room of contempt, was washed and bathed in sunlight. I passed out as its scrawny fingers encircled my neck, wheezing the very life out of me. I awoke to my father offering to make me some breakfast. It was the greatest sight ever. I had somehow survived the most horrible experience of my life until then and still to this day. I moved the bed away from the wall, leaving behind the furniture I had naively believed would stop that thing from taking hold of the bed. Weeks passed without incident, yet one cold, frost-bitten night I awoke to the sound of furniture where the bunk beds used to be, vibrating violently. In a moment, it all passed. I lay there, sure I could hear a distant wheezing coming from deep within the wall, finally fading into the distance. I have never told anyone this story before. To this day, I still break out in a cold sweat at the sound of bedsheets rustling in the night, or a wheeze brought on by a common cold, and I certainly cannot sleep on a bed pushed against the wall. Call it superstition, if you will, and I cannot discount conventional explanations such as sleep paralysis or hallucinations or just a childhood overactive imagination. But what I can say is this. The following year I was given a larger room on the other side of the house. 
and my parents took over the strangely shaped elongated room as their bedroom while the new extensions were being done. They lasted 10 days. We moved on the 11th day. If you wish to submit an original creepy story for consideration for the podcast, please visit our website, beyondyournightmares.com. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram, Beyond Your Nightmares, and Twitter at Beyond Your Night. Due to several requests we have received, we now have a Patreon. If you wish to show your support, become a patron for as little as a dollar a month to receive access to exclusive content and merchandise for Beyond Your Nightmares and our partner podcast, Mysteriously Listed. Visit patreon.com slash mysteriously listed for more information. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash mysteriously listed. If you like what you heard today, we would love your support by sharing on your social media of choice. You can also help the show if you could rate, review and subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Audio production, research, additional writing and hosting is by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.